Unmasking Prejudice, Silencing the Internal Voice of Bigotry, by Dr. Melody Hilton. Chapter 8, Rumors, Gossip, and Slander. The majority of people worldwide are living under a shroud of mistrust concerning the influences in their society. People cannot trust media networks or the printed word to speak without bias. Their opinion is masked as news, their sources anonymous, and their objective is to influence the masses. Rather than simply entertaining, there are very few movies or television shows that are not inundated with an agenda to proselytize for a subjective ideological agenda. Opinion without truth is already prejudiced. It is necessary to research what you read on social media to see if it is fact or fiction. The ability to trust leaders has become increasingly difficult because self-driven motives are exposed daily as their intentional twisting of truth comes to light. All these are acts of injustice and an abuse of power, but they are tolerated because of subservience to money and a power-driven agenda. There was a day when gossip was ignored because it was just Betty Bucketmouth or Bigoted Bob. Today, this has become so commonplace and extremely influential that rumors, gossip, and slander have gone viral. One of my favorite classic movies is White Christmas. Watching it was an established tradition in our family when my children were young. The movie's plot focuses on Phil helping Bob find a wife so he can get a break from their rigorous performance schedule. A little romance was beginning between Bob and Betty when the gossiping housekeeper, Emma, decided to listen into a phone conversation. Bob genuinely desired to help the former Army officer, General Waverly, and was arranging the details to honor him. Emma only heard portions of the conversation and believed that Bob was taking advantage of the general. Emma, who couldn't help herself and was a busybody, reports her partial and false conclusions to Betty, causing Betty to believe a lie. Betty was so angry and left suddenly, leaving Bob in a state of confusion. It all worked out when Betty learned the truth the movie ends beautifully as Bob and Betty kiss and all sing the holiday favorite, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Partial truths can be as destructive as an outright lie. Rumors, gossip, and slander hunt for a seed of truth and pervert it. It is prejudgment, prejudice. We hold to faulty beliefs because we focus on isolated experiences or partial truth. All rich people have it easy. All poor people are lazy. All Muslims have an evil agenda. All Christians are judgmental. All young people are entitled. All black people hate whites. All white people are privileged. All men are perverts. All women are manipulators. Oh, this could go on and on. When we stereotype a group of people, we choose to believe a lie about the majority. I have learned the truth that all men are not perpetrators, 
In fact, I've been married over 40 years to an amazing and honorable man. He has been the biggest cheerleader in my life. I am surrounded by men of all ages, races, and vocations who are honest, integral, and trustworthy. If it weren't for partnerships with these men, my success would be sabotaged. I have learned that all women are not gossips, petty, or manipulators. The truth is that I am surrounded by talented and intelligent women who have hearts to impact their world for good. I have learned that not all government leaders are abusers of their platform, but most genuinely and sacrificially pay a huge personal price for the good of others. I have spent time with statesmen, male and female, who are humble, teachable, and trustworthy. I have learned that not all popular personalities, celebrities, or sports figures use their influence to divide. Many work tirelessly to use their platform to be a voice of hope, healing, and unity. Each person is an individual. It is unfair to judge someone through your past experiences with others or through the experience of a third person. I am sure that you have experienced betrayal and or rejection by someone you entrusted with your business or your heart. I understand that pain and the resulting fear to trust again. I've learned that I can protect my heart by focusing on a higher purpose. Years ago, I adopted a truth that has served as a safeguard to keep me from putting walls of suspicion around my heart. If I am not close enough to be hurt, I am not close enough to make a difference. Will we allow a few bad apples to taint our view of all? Will we allow another's experience or opinion to pollute potential partnerships? Will we allow gossip to poison our belief about another? I have learned that rumors, gossip, and slander can distort my reality. I have made a decision to not allow them supremacy in my thought life. Everyone should be given the right to be viewed as innocent until proven guilty. Many times I've heard others slandered only to learn it was false or distorted. Knowing the truth gave me the opportunity to enjoy valuable friendships. I've also learned the painful facts and discover some to be dishonest and disingenuous. Therefore, I choose to deny them access to my life and heart. I draw healthy boundaries concerning that individual. Having a no-gossip policy grants us the access to love life. Anti-Gossip Activist I have hated gossip from the time I was a young girl. It's amazing how you look at your life and recognize a golden thread of purpose woven within the tapestry of your heart and soul, even from childhood. My core internal motivator is justice. Its expression was evident in ways that were uniquely conveyed even from my youth. When I was nine years old, we moved into town where we had neighbors living in close proximity. An old lady who lived next door was gossip personified. She never had anything nice to say about anyone. She was quick to expose and spread rumors throughout the neighborhood about anyone and everyone. 
I still cannot imagine what was happening on the inside of her that caused her to enjoy exposing the hurt, pain, and battles of another. I cannot connect to her addiction to crisis and chaos and can't imagine how she could possibly be entertained by the devaluation of others. As a teenager, it made me so angry that I had to do something about it. I just didn't know what to do or how. I was taught that we were to respect our elders and never show disrespect. However, wrong is wrong at any age. Gossip is wrong at any age. Back then, sauna belts had just become popular. This heavy plastic belt wrapped around your midsection. It had a tube with a mouthpiece to blow it up with air. You would go out into the heat, and the objective was to sweat off belly fat and gain a slimmer waistline. Well, I now had the perfect strategy and tool to confront Betty Bucketmouth's gossiping. It was a hot summer day, and our grass needed mowing. I had a twofold purpose that day to mow the lawn and to give this meddlesome neighbor something to gossip about. I put the sauna belt around my waist and blew it up as much as it would allow. I covered myself with a large smock top and began slowly mowing the lawn while looking very pregnant. I waited to make sure she could see me as she glared from her window. I mowed along the fence between our houses, giving her the needed ammunition to gossip and spread rumors in order to slander my reputation. Operation Gossip Buster was a success. Within days, it had spread throughout the neighborhood that Melody was pregnant. Of course, her words were quickly debunked. She was exposed, embarrassed, and undoubtedly displeased with this disrespectful teenager. Let's think about this. What if I had been pregnant? What if this were true? What benefit comes from shaming a young teenager? What benefit would come from harming my reputation? This woman's slanderous nature was etched in my memory. Years later, when my actions were shameful and could be substantiated by a gossiper, I met another old woman. This woman was different. She refused to judge or condemn me, even when it would have been easy for her to do so. She is also etched in my memory, but for a different reason. She was willing to believe in me when I didn't believe in myself. At 21 years old, I decided that one day I wanted to be a little old lady like her. Love and kindness will make the better role model every time. My Definitions I have created my own definitions for the following words based upon the prejudgmental damage of each action and their expressions. Rumors Unconfirmed, unproven, and speculative statements spoken as if they were factual in order to influence a desired outcome. Gossip Manipulative, idle talk to sway the opinion of others against someone or something most often benefiting the one who gossips. Slander. Purposeful character assassination in order to stimulate mistrust and sabotage another's success. Each of these deceptive and manipulative actions is conceived from the seeds of prejudgment, assumption, bias, 
and stereotypes. Whether the expressions are diabolically motivated or are a manifestation of passive-aggressive behavior, the results are injurious. Each of these is a devaluation of a person and an exaltation of self and egocentric motivations. Each is destructive on every level and are, once again, an abuse of power. Injustice. Printing a passive retraction, offering a meaningless sorry, or passing the buck saying, that was what I was told, does not magically remove the damage done. Gossip, rumors, and slander are injurious to a person's reputation, but also to their hearts. A beautiful young woman whom I will call Emily knows the pain associated with assumptions that lead to gossip, rumors, and slander. She writes, When I was 18 years old, I was falsely accused of abusing a cousin. It all started with a false rumor from a friend's mother, claiming I said that my father abused me. I confronted and told them my father never abused me. This would have been the perfect time for her friend's mother to apologize and make it right with those whom she had shared this damaging gossip. Instead, she then went and talked to my aunt who replied, I think she abused my son. The accuser alleged that I abused her son when I was 13 years old, but it wasn't until I was 18 that the accusations began. The drama, emotional stress, and fear continued for six years. I never knew when another letter would arrive with new accusations or when the police would come to my home and question me again. When the police would come, they would always leave saying, I don't understand why we were called here in the first place and nothing that the accusers are saying appears to be true. Because of these calls, I had to go to the police station for fingerprinting. The entire community turned against me, so I rarely left my house so I would not be seen in public. I went without sleep, but when I did, I was plagued with nightmares of the police taking me away. I worked with children, and while the case was pending, I was unable to be seen in public holding or touching a child. After six years, thousands of dollars and many days in court during which my accusers never made a court appearance, they finally acknowledged that there was no truth in their accusations. It was thrown out of court, but it has left me with the painful process of physical and emotional recovery. After four years and choosing to forgive my aunt and her family, I must continue to work at rebuilding the trusted reputation that I once enjoyed. Now, I'm starting to believe that I could be a mom to my own children one day. I am so thankful that my husband walked with me through this painful journey. How can we challenge the important things when we indulge in mindsets that devalue and dishonor one another? How can we care for our fellow man in authenticity and purity if we do not silence the internal voice of bigotry? Is it justice? power used for good, to be judgmental of others, or to believe the worst about someone when we hypocritically foster internal discrimination and are predisposed to inequity? If we choose to align our thoughts with truth and justice, our emotions, attitudes, and actions will follow suit. If our hearts are pure, 
We won't have to worry that our hidden thoughts will slip out of our mouths. When we have integrity of heart and soul, people will know that we are trustworthy and that we value them. How do you respond to a gossiper? I'm sure by this point I've made my disdain for prejudice and devaluation known. I want to be a leader who uses my influence to motivate others to silence the internal voice of bigotry. I also want to have the courage to be an advocate for those subjugated to all forms of injustice. I have traveled and heard the derogatory remarks from one nation's people made about a bordering nation. I've heard one leader criticize another because of differing methodologies. I've witnessed people relish the failure of another while acting personally superior. At one time or another, we all find ourselves in these situations where what is being said around us is far from uplifting. What do we do when we are thrust into a gossip-filled dialogue? Positive Affirmation When negative words are spoken to us about someone, one of the most powerful and influential things we can do is to respond with an assertion of validation. This is our first line of defense to protect our own thought life. This actually silences the internal voice of bigotry because we do not allow the unconstructive words to take root in our minds. Neuroscience teaches that when we reject a thought, it will not establish neural memory in our brain. Additionally, the moment we choose to validate the person or group who are being spoken against, our words establish a healthy boundary, informing the gossiper that they are not permitted to speak that way in our presence. This is a gentle correction that clarifies our stance and also challenges them to correct their thinking. We can't control the negative attitudes or actions of someone, but we can cut off our agreement. Most people will stop at that point, recognizing that you are not welcome soil for their seeds of idle communication. Others, however, may try to justify what they have said, prove their point, or protect their ego. What do we do then? Verbalize the boundary. If someone persists in trying to degrade or devalue another, clearly present your boundary lines with kindness and respect. Sharing with the person, I am not comfortable having this conversation, communicates to them that you are not interested in entertaining their gossip. There will always be those who try to control your actions to meet their needs, require your endorsement to their opinions, or pressure your judgments to validate theirs. Choose wisely. Your actions determine your path. I'm a big proponent of boundaries. My husband and I transformed our two-car garage into a spacious playroom for our grandkids so that they have a space where they can enjoy themselves. With that, however, we also created boundaries for the rest of our home. They are not permitted to run and jump throughout the house however they please. They know which rooms they can roughhouse in and where they must channel their energies in a gentler manner. This allows them to have fun while protecting my house. This also communicates that we love and respect them and that we expect them to respect us in return. 
Often, I travel to nations where it is common for landowners to have concrete walls surrounding his or her property. Many hire guards to keep them, their families, and their property and possessions safe from intruders and thieves. Proper boundaries are not cruel or restrictive. They're a reflection of wisdom and a sign of value for what you have. Boundaries keep the good in and the bad out. Gossip, rumors, and slander are all intruders that violate our emotional health. We must diligently guard our thoughts, emotions, and beliefs so that our attitudes and actions are beneficial and not harmful. It is not unloving or unkind to verbalize a boundary. In fact, it's the most loving thing we can do for both the gossiper and the subject of the gossip. On very rare occasions, an ardent gossiper will rise and fight. They will get angry. You will quickly become the bad guy. You will promptly move from being a friend and ally to a targeted enemy. What do you do? Do not defend yourself. Simply separate yourself. It's important to defend others, but don't waste your words defending yourself. Human nature wants to protect and defend ourselves when we are under attack. Of course, I agree with self-defense if there is a physical attack. However, in order to maintain my internal peace, I have learned not to defend myself against an ego attack. The more powerful and poignant action is to separate myself from the gossiper. Don't waste emotional energies on critics, cynics, or things beyond our control. I have no power to control another, nor do I desire to. However, I do have the ability to separate myself from a negative conversation. In the organizations that I lead, we have a no-gossip policy. Gossip is unacceptable, and because we foster the safety of our community, people quickly learn that gossip is not welcome. This does not exempt us from difficulties and challenges, However, when there is a genuine honor for one another, we can work through anything. If someone is inclined to be addicted to crisis, it's likely they will quickly become uncomfortable in our culture. When useless drama knocks at your door, don't answer. Protect your emotional energies, your internal peace, and your God-given purpose. The treasure within you is too valuable to waste on man-made crisis. The Emotional Damage of Gossip The most loving thing I can do is confront gossip, rumors, and slander. In doing so, it is with the heart motive of restoration. According to neuroscience, we can reject the reception of negative words spoken by others. This prevents thoughts, electromagnetic light impulses, or memories from being established within us. However, for the one speaking those fear-based or negative words, his or her thoughts activate the words which feed back and reinforce the negative established memory in her or his own brain. It has a boomerang effect. While I can choose to shield myself from being a target, the one lobbing insults is inadvertently placing the bullseye on his or her own head. While speaking on bullying in a public school, I used neuroscience to illustrate to the students what destructive bullying does to the aggressor. 
As I shared how every word feeds back into one's own brain, building fear-based memory, one young man spoke out loudly, Oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. The class laughed at his response, but he was absolutely serious. I later heard reports that incidents of bullying decreased within the school. When people recognize that their actions are hurting themselves, they will become more inclined to deal with these internal saboteurs. This holds true not only for gossip, but also for thoughts, attitudes, and actions of prejudice, assumption, bias, and hatred. Everyone is a loser in the prejudice game. What if I am the object of gossip? Being the object of gossip or prejudice is familiar territory for many. This is sad but true. Gossip and criticism always make us feel violated as we want to fight and defend ourselves from the onslaught of character assassination. The closer the relationship, personally or professionally, the greater hurt we experience. What do we do? Reject the fear-based negative thoughts. A core need for healthy neurofunctioning is to be loved and validated. Gossip is a direct affront to our worth. We must make a conscious choice at the moment of an ego attack to reject the negative thoughts and attitudes in the words spoken. This means choosing not to rehearse, think, or repeat these harmful words. You are powerfully not allowing them to take up residence, build memory, within your mind-brain. This is not easy, but it is worth it to protect our emotional health. We hold the power to protect our minds from these words of character assassination. Find your calm and consider what was spoken. Through the years, I've learned to deny my instinctual propensity to get angry with the person who now feels like the enemy and look deeper than the hurt I experienced. Even though I know what they said was harmful and not true, I still have to choose to assess myself in that moment. Did I plant a seed through my words, deeds, or attitude that sent a message I did not want to send? The fact is, we only know what we know, and we do not know what we do not know. Is it possible that I am missing something? Is there something I do not see? What was my body language portraying? Were my emotions heightened? Could it be that I did not handle the situation with wisdom? There have been times when I went to a trusted friend who I knew would be completely honest with me. I asked them for feedback to determine if or how I may have sent the wrong message. This is where courage and humility are needed in order to take personal responsibility to repair the relational breach. I must know that the person is more valuable than my pride. I've learned through the years that it engenders respect when I acknowledge where I was wrong. One day I was talking with my right-hand woman. I was frustrated and overwhelmed at all the work that was on my plate. I was irritated and communicated some frustrations and complaints. As soon as our conversation ended, I felt horrible because I dumped negative garbage right into her lap. I recognized that my attitude was fear-based and powerless. This was not my finest leadership hour. 
I immediately called her, asked for her forgiveness, and let her know that what I said was totally unacceptable. She graciously said, I know your heart. She was mature enough to not allow it to penetrate her heart. However, I am responsible as a leader to practice what I preach and create an empowering culture. As my team and I actively model a way of mature communication, it allows for mutual respect for one another and represents a healthy influence to those we lead. Leading by example will build trust and substantiate the personal commitment to the mission we defend. Let it go. It is good when people arise to defend you, but protecting your ego is often counterproductive. If you have objectively examined your heart, words, and actions, and have found yourself without reproach, do your best to let it go. This is not to say that we should tolerate others devaluing or abusing us. This is unacceptable in any personal or professional relationship. However, when it comes to protecting ourselves from what others think or say about us, we do not want to waste our emotional energies on what we are powerless to change. Picture a 32-ounce bottle that is filled with all the emotional energy you can spend in a 24-hour time period. Where do I want to spend that emotional energy? Do I spend it on petty gossip or leave the room for the possibilities of the day? Will I focus on fear-driven emotion or on focus-driven purpose? The moment I try to control someone else, I am wasting my emotional energies and will likely spend my precious time ruminating over something I cannot change. I cannot allow distraction, accusation, or external threats to keep me from accomplishing the goals of today or from laying a foundation for tomorrow's noble endeavors. Disallowing the offense of gossip is an emancipation proclamation for your soul. I remember how my four older brothers loved to tease me when I was young. They would say and do all types of things to get a reaction out of me. That's what childish immaturity looks like. But we're not children anymore. We're not powerless. We are powerful. We can use our power to walk in self-governance. By not being controlled by the opinions of man or negative circumstances, we will feel powerful because we are powerful. When we walk in self-control, there is no desire to convince or control someone else's thoughts, feelings, or decisions. If we allow the toxic behavior of another to control our lives, we have chosen to empower their influence and sanction their behavior.